I'm hoping that you guys can tell I'm just trying to make Jesus like first in everything that we do. And the Word of God, like right there, it's God's Word and it's following Christ. Like everything else is a minor. Like I hope that we're known in the community not as a church of rules and religion and like all that stuff that turns people away from church. Like I hope people in our community know us as people who love one another, right? Imperfectly, because we're imperfect, but we love God first. We follow Christ first. And that we believe that this book that we have is not just a book, right? Not just fancy leather and fancy pages. That It's actually the word from God, the word of God, that it's actually God speaking to us, giving us his plan. And so this Tuesday, along with this theme of divine direction, as I've already mentioned, we're going to get together. And I know it's not convenient. I know it's probably maybe the worst time for us to have a, a directional discussion as a church, right, when, when we're limiting it to 20 people. Um, but we'll put it on Zoom. If you want to join us from home, from, from your computer, from Zoom, please join us in person. We'll, we'll have social distancing. But, but I think there's actually nothing more important in these times for God people to get together and say, why are we here? Like, what are we here for? Like, Father, like, what do you want your church to do in this season? Like, especially right now. How would you have us live? Psalm 100. If you'll turn there in your digital Bibles, in your Bible app on your phone, or in your, in your actually traditional Bible, I'm going to read it for us. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. That's what we're doing this morning. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good, and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. So when I read those words, like I know it hits some of you like, Larry, I'm not so joyful today. Like, I'm not, I don't have, like David is saying, I don't have the joy for the Lord, right? It sounds so Christian, and it sounds so, was it spiritually superficial maybe to some of us? But I think there are those of us who get exactly what David's trying to say. And so imagine Steve Paulson's Shelby Mustang Cobra, right, flying down the road, and imagine looking on his dashboard like, I'm going to have to wear ear protection next time I go out with you, Steve. Like, that thing is the loudest motor I've ever, I've ever been behind and in in the car. Like, every particle of your body is shaking. And Steve's got the biggest smile on his face as he's slamming it in the third gear. But imagine his fuel gauge in that incredible car. There is an F on that fuel gauge that stands for full. There is also an E on that gauge that stands for empty. And I don't know how many times Steve's got out on the road and forgot to fill it up and landed on empty, but I'm, you don't really get to hear the roar of an engine when you're on empty. Like you don't really get to race down Manashka, right, on the back streets, on the curve, when your fuel gauge is on empty. The reason why we're in Psalm 100 today, it is, it's a, spirit, it's a spiritual gut check of where am I? Do I really live and experience joy? Joy no matter if your presidential candidate won 
or lost or maybe hangs in between until some time that God may know that we actually get to make a decision, whether you got to put food on your table this week or maybe even whether the mom with her daughters in Safeway who her card was swiping and it was saying declined and not authorized. Like, I'm sure that her joy was being to moment. Like, mine sure has in those moments, right? When you're trying to buy that new thing that you've, that you've been wanting for a while and you realize you didn't balance your checking account just right, or you swiped the card way too many times and you couldn't get that thing, our joy is tested. So let's get out of the weeds for a minute. I read that scripture on purpose. Here's the question that this series is really trying to answer. It's the same question that I've been on my knees praying about, and I want to challenge every single person in our church to be praying about this. What is God's will? We need his divine direction for our church, don't we? We need his divine direction for our lives, for my life. Like You better believe it. I prayed like crazy before I moved my family here from Austin, Texas. I just, I'll call her out. My daughter pleaded that we wouldn't take her away from the thousands of amazing restaurants to a town of, of what, we have like 10? Is that, is that generous? <laughs> That's generous. But we have, we have a thousand amazing homes who cook better than a thousand amazing restaurants. I'm, I, I could testify to that. So how do, how do we know? How do we know that we got God's will right? How do I know that I'm following God I had a friend ask me this last couple of weeks. He said, we're hanging around a campfire, and he says, he says Larry, how do, how do you know that you're walking with God? Like, how do you know that you're hearing from God? And all I could do is give him some crazy spiritual answer and say, you know, I know it doesn't go against his word. I know that when it's confirmed among people that, that I know love Christ and are following him and it's affirmed through them, I know I can trust wise counsel. But also I know when I'm on my knees and praying for things that his voice does get louder and mine gets quieter. And it's hard for some of us to understand that because we don't do it or we, we just haven't made it to that point in our life. And that's okay. I mean, that's, that's, that's okay. Like I'm there all the time. I once was there. And I, just so you guys know, those of you who, who have never done what, what we're talking about today. Like, I don't hear God's voice audibly. Like, he doesn't talk to me audibly. But it is something within our spirit and our soul that's confirming and just doesn't go away, and it keeps getting louder. How do I know that I'm heading in the right direction? How do I know that I'm heading in the wrong direction? Do I take this job opportunity for those of us who are, like, wondering, where is my next step in my career? Do I date this person? Do I marry this person, right? Maybe a little bit more serious. Some lifelong consequences and reward in that one. How do we know that it's God's will for our life? How do I know it's not just me making decisions out of my emotion and just throwing the dice, right? I believe literally this book is the guide for those answers. Like, it's, it's literally all here. Even, I'll just, I'll point, the, I'll point the finger at myself. Even all of the times that I went to my computer this week and type out a post about our presidential election, I had to delete five of them, just to be honest with you. Like, five posts that, that I, I published and then decided that's not good. I deleted it. Like, God was dealing with me and my response to 
either side. Like it, it's not about choosing sides. It's about it's about wanting to know is is what's happening in our country something we can trust. And let me just tell you what's awesome. Whether we can trust that or not, we can trust what God's doing. Like we can trust what he's doing. So how did the scripture hit you? Let me read it one more time. Psalm 100, shout for joy to the Lord all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs as we do each Sunday. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us. We are his We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. So how's that scripture hit you? Like, where's your joy? Go back to that Steve Paulson's Mustang and like, seriously, are you on empty or are you full? How's your joy? What is your thought life like? Or this, maybe you're, you're more towards the empty side of that gas tank. Are, are you living in fear? Are you constantly bitter with others? Are you constantly complaining about what's going on at work, right? Maybe your supervisor isn't as smart as he thinks he is or she thinks she is. Like maybe that person that's in your division of the company that's making all the decisions for you, maybe they're not as brilliant as they think that they are. Are are we bitter and complaining about that? Here's something a little bit more spiritual question. Are you confident for those those of us who've said, God, I believe in you, Christ, you died for me, and you have all of me. Let me ask this. Are you confident that you are a Christ follower? Like, are you confident that your life is actually set up to follow the one who came to guide us? Are you on his path? We're going to answer some of the practical questions today. We're obviously going to dig into the spiritual side of it. How do I know if I'm in God's will is the first big question. If we want divine direction in our lives, if we want to know, God, like, I'm, I'm walking with you, I'm trusting you, I don't care what this world says, they can call me crazy— like, I don't care what, dare I say, religious people say. They can say that, that it's just weird. Like, imagine, imagine being a new pastor in a brand new church in a brand new city, and just, I came here for one thing, so that we can share Christ with those who have not heard about him yet. The life-changing reality of Jesus Christ and nothing else. Like, I didn't come here to perpetuate religion Religion does, does nothing for people. Like, I didn't come here to perpetuate rituals. Like, rituals are oftentimes confusing for people. But following Christ and getting into God's word, telling people what he's done in my life, that's, that's what I feel like God has called me to do, just me. I can't speak for everyone else, but I can, I can say this is what God's put in my heart. How do I know if I'm in God's will, though? So this is a test for each of us. Am I following my will, my way, or God's? So 2 Timothy 2.15 helps us with this. It says, I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death 
And I know that scripture sounds so odd, especially to those who don't believe or don't even know what that means. It's essentially saying this. Those of us who are Christians are saying, I'm following him. We actually believe because of the eyewitness testimony, because of his word, that he defeated death and rose again. And that he just says, I just want you to follow me. If you want heaven, I'm the only way that you're going to get there. That's what, that's what Timothy's trying to say. The second thing is, how do, I, how do I know if I'm in God's will? It's be consistent with Scripture is really point number one. 2 Timothy 3.15 says this, You have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. And, and honestly, like the times in my life when I didn't know if I was hearing from God and it was like super quiet, and I was confused about I was just talking to Craig about it this morning. When I made the decision to head to University of Washington, I flew up there. I was just dating my now wife, but then girlfriend, Myra. We met at Sam Houston State. And I was a graphic designer there. I designed for the university. Um, I like to brag, humble brag, my logos on the football field, at least for another year. I think they got a new, brand new one this year, which they should have. I, I designed that thing in 1996, so it's time. Um, I'll just call mine throwback now, which is still cool, which is cooler even. But the point is, is like I was trying to make a decision, and I was trying to pray on, on God, I wanted to finish at University of Washington. I wanted to take advantage of a, an internship at Microsoft. And I told my girlfriend at the time, I don't even know if she wants to date me because I'm leaving in six months. And I flew here, and I got a, I got a job waiting tables at Outback Steakhouse in Seattle. I got a job as a graphic designer at University of Washington. I had a home to stay in with a friend of mine that lived in Redmond. So everything I, I had planned and thought was being set up, and I thought it was a perfect plan. And then I got back home. And guess whose car was stolen by some, some you know, one-off friend? And literally, life started going down the drain. Like, imagine someone who's paying for their own school, waiting tables in college, and you get back and your car's gone. It's like, talk about flushing the drain, and you're just like, you're going down. And all the dishes are failing, and my poor girlfriend at the time, Myra, I'm so thankful for her. I bummed rides off of her everywhere for another five months. And I said, okay, God, like, I can, and I told her this. I said, I've been praying, and I could spend the last $1,000 I have to get to Seattle, or I could, I could actually save it, stay here, and buy a computer, which is at the end of another three months of praying, that's what I did. God only knew that I was going to start a company with that computer. He knew that Myra was my future wife, and our family, our three kids, were in the future also. But where I was seeking wisdom like how did I know that any of that was God's will right versus my will I had to go back to scripture you have known the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise for the salvation through Jesus Christ and it's it's not like I think God's pointing us in one direction of it or the other because I think God is with us wherever we go I think he's just saying hey are you are you trusting me with the journey like, are you going to, he's just trying to use all of that in those circumstances to get our attention to what? To drive us back to his word, back to him, and say, you can trust me. It didn't matter if I wound up in Seattle or stayed in Huntsville, Texas. Like, the test was, like, God, do I trust you with that? 
Am I going to give you my life regardless of what, where I am geography-wise? The next thing, too, how do I know that I'm in God's will? It's confirm with wise counsel. Confirm with people that love you, that love God and love you. Philippians 4, 7 says this, And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. We have holy scriptures and we have one another for a reason. Like if we're going through this life and we're making decisions without confirming that in his word and with other men and women who are following Christ and heading in the right direction, it's basically we're listening to the wind and we're listening to our emotion. And yeah, I'm, I'm a red-blooded American too. I think I can work hard and play hard and, and be successful to a certain point. But I actually believe if I give it to God, that he will work his purposes out and also the desires of my heart. He will move all of it in the direction that he wants to move it. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard our hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus, knowing and following Christ. It's being consistent in Scripture. It's confirming in wise counsel. And it's like, the question is, am I knowing and following Christ? If I have those three things, and I'm obedient to what he's saying, and I'm obedient to what's happening in God's word, I'm fairly confident I'm in his will. Because he's not going to let me think, do, act, behave in a way that's, counter, that's contrary to his scripture. And if I'm with men and women, like the dudes I hang out with, you know, during the week here in Kodiak, or if we go hiking together, or if we're hanging around a campfire at the fairgrounds or wherever that might be on an island, the dudes I'm asking advice for are ones that I know who love God and I know who know Scripture and, and have my best interest in mind, but are also willing to tell me the truth. <laughs> Like, how many people have that friend in their life that's going to tell them the truth no matter what? Whether it hurts, whether it's, whether it's good, like, they're going, to, they're going to tell it to you. I'm one of those guys, by the way. I, I just, I appreciate the truth more than anything. Like, tell me how you really feel. Like, even at some of our leadership meetings, I often ask if our church was here to, to witness this, what's happening in this room, would they know that, that God is in this? Or, at times, we can let human nature get the best of us, right? And they'd say, no, I think that was more you this time. We, we hold each other accountable. It doesn't mean that we need to be perfect. It just means we're heading in the right direction. Am I knowing and following Christ? So I had a lot of great conversations this week. We've had three different families call and text and say, Larry, I, I want to be baptized from here in our church and it's really cool because it's like okay tell me why tell me why like tell me where you are in that did you do you have a date or a time or a season where you say i believe in god i believe that christ died for me for my sin and that he's the only way to heaven like did christ become real in your life did you, in other words, like I like to say, did you experience the life-changing reality of Jesus Christ? And then 
Tell me about your, your next step of obedience. Were you baptized before? And a lot of the stories that, that we get today is I was christened as a child, or I was sprinkled as a child, or I was even baptized as a child. But honestly, it was before I remembered. And they say, and, and a lot of the stories are similar this week even. Larry, I was baptized as a child, or I was sprinkled as a child, and now I want to make my decision as an adult. Like, I want to say, God, you have all of me. Jesus, like, I'm following you, and I, I want to I tell everybody. So, so here's, here's also what we talk about. Baptism doesn't save you, right? Like, we know that. It's a symbol. So the symbol um, is essentially when we're baptized, just like Christ was. Christ, we go underwater, and that represents the death. Christ's death, burial, and then what? When we come back out of the water, it's a new life. It's literally symbolizing Christ's resurrection when he rose from the grave. That's what baptism is. And let me just say, if you're a Christ follower, if you have made this decision to say, God, I trust you, I want the life that you've built me for, like I'm tired of doing this thing my own way, like I want to go your way, if you've made that decision that Christ is at the center of your life and that you want to follow him, just share it with somebody. And then the next thing we're going to ask you, because Scripture says, then go and be baptized. It's just a step of obedience. It's a symbol. It's a celebration. So next weekend, let me just announce this. I, I think we're going to try to have in-person services here at the church so we don't have to do this in front of a camera. <laughs> Next weekend, we actually have two of those families joining us for baptism right here in our church. And one of the guys is trying to figure out how we can be, do baptisms out in the ocean. So we may have baptisms here in the church during service, and then I'm going to put on a wetsuit. This person said that they're not going to, um, but we're going to go do baptisms in the ocean. So stay tuned. We're working out those details. And then there's one more family. So let me just say, uh, be praying. Be what we're talking about today. Be joyful. Let's be thankful in what God's doing. Like, guys, I can't explain it. I don't, I don't know all the time the mystery of how God does what he does. I don't know the mystery of how his spirit moves and works. I know what scripture tells me, but it always it blows me away when my phone rings or somebody stops by and says, I feel like God is moving in my life. And I want to take a next step. It's unbelievable. Join, let's join together and just give him thanks. Moving on, Philippians 3.8 says, Yes, furthermore, I count everything as a loss. We've talked about this one in a message a couple weeks ago. Compared to the possession of priceless privilege, and that's the overwhelming and surpassing worth of knowing Christ, Jesus my Lord, and progressively becoming more deeply acquainted with him that's that's all we're talking about you remember I, I started with it's not about rules and religion it's not about ritual like the church like that's the man-made part of church it's about a relationship it's about a relationship for his sake i have lost everything this is paul talking about when the day that he, he met Christ, that he met God. And funny enough, God took him to the ground and blinded him. I love the story 
And Paul got up and he said, that's the best day of my life. And I've, I will lose and have lost everything and consider it, consider it mere garbage in order that he can gain the, full, the fullness of Christ. So back to Psalm 100. Why this psalm is so important is it's actually a psalm that is known throughout Israel's history, the original, original God's people those people that were trying to follow God in the midst of persecution. It was a psalm of thanksgiving. You know what's crazy about this psalm? Like these people were being persecuted like we've never seen. Like imagine, and I made the mistake of, of watching, gosh, I don't even want to talk about it right now, watching a video online of what happens in Muslim countries, like how they're persecuted. And I didn't believe, I didn't believe they were actually going to show that on a video on Facebook and I, I clicked past the graphic warning and I watched what happens with, when an extreme religion, an extreme group of people, I believe this was Al-Qaeda, um, executed and persecuted a Christian. Imagine that this is when the Israelites are facing that same level of persecution but they're singing joy and worshiping God with glad hearts. And I think it's like when, when we in this life, this is the part where we don't get it as Americans. Like we're so spoiled with our freedom and we get to make in the choices we want to make. Like we get to work where we want to work, go to school. Like we have all these freedoms we take for granted. Back then, these people depended on the rain that comes so that their crops would grow. Like they depended on actually finding wildlife so that they could eat, right? Hunt and eat. They, they depended on escaping religious persecution so that they could have the freedom of worship. Like we don't understand any of that. But yet, I think that's why they're able to stand before their God and with each other, right? Remember, brothers and sisters, and just say, God, thank you. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for walking with us through a season of persecution. Psalm 100 says again, Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Verse 3 says this, Know that the Lord is God. Know is, this, is essentially the, the Hebrew words it's trying to say is you stand firm. Like one of my favorite scriptures is 1 Corinthians 16, 13. It says, be watchful, be courageous, act like men, stand firm in the faith. Let all that you do be done in love. This no is that same sort of thing. Like stand firm. Are we standing on firm ground? And I'm not talking about politics. I'm not talking about like any of that stuff. I'm talking about in our faith. Like no matter what happens, are we able to stand firm and say, God, I know you love us and I trust you. Like I know you love us and have our best interests in mind. I trust you. Like in, even in this, no matter how hard it gets or no matter how good it is, stand firm. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people, his sheep. Shout for the joy to the Lord, all the earth. 
It is God's will for the people everywhere throughout all of the earth to give him praise, to shout for joy. Are we people who believe and can trust in God and stand firm in God no matter what? Like, are we people who will constantly say, God, like, I want to know your will. I want to know where I am in your will. And I want you to lead me and guide me. And then this. I don't know where you are this morning in your living rooms, by the computer, those that are here in person. It's like, how's your joy? Back to that empty or full gauge. Like, truly, how is your joy? Are you waking up and saying, God, thank you literally for another day. Like, thank you for that I have a job or that I have a paycheck or even if you don't in this time that you're still providing for me somehow. We can enter his gates with thanksgiving and courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. That's all he's asking. Let's start by giving thanks. Like no matter where you are, start by giving thanks. For the Lord is good. His love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations is what verse 5 says. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. What's cool about that is it, it doesn't, this, this love of his doesn't hinge on my life or my generation. It doesn't hinge on my parents, right? Did they get it right or wrong? Like only God knows. Am I getting it right or wrong? I hope I'm getting it right. I believe I'm getting it more right when I can stand in front of you guys, when I can stand in front of my family, and believe me, it's tested on a weekly basis, do I have joy? No matter what. Can I stand in front of God and say, God, I trust you. I love you. And I'm going to be thankful. Start by giving thanks. So I'll approach the finish line here. God is so faithful. He is our Father God. He is our rock eternal. 1 Thessalonians 5.18, back to being thankful. It says, be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Psalm 34.1 says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will be on my lips always. One of my favorite stories as a kid was um, Daniel in the lion's den. So I think it's Daniel 6.10. What's cool about Daniel in the lion's den is it literally reminds me of what's happening in our world today. He received, I think, an a, a order from the governor, from the ruler of that time, that said, you shall, you shall not worship anybody but me. And guys, frankly, that's what feels like what a lot of our society is saying today. It, it frankly, what feels like we're, we're entering in a post-Christian era in the United States. We look more like Europe today than we did 50 years ago. And that's just our reality. That being Christian and following Christ is no longer the norm. We are slowly becoming the outcast. And I'm actually okay with that. I'd rather wear a shirt that says outcast 
than just following something I don't believe. So let me challenge each of us today, just like Daniel, even if we walk through the fire, even when life gets tough, even if we have rulers that are saying, you can't follow your God anymore. Or we just have people in our communities that say, hey, like, I don't believe that. Can you guys be done with that stuff? Like, my prayer is, God, make yourself real like you did for me, like you did for Daniel, like you did for David. And none of these people were perfect. That's the best part. It's by God's grace, it's by the grace of Christ that any of us can be bold and profess that Jesus loves us and that he died for us. Father, we love you. Father, I thank you for the invitation to just live with joy, to give you thanks, to be bold in every circumstance. Father, I thank you that you were there for David, you were there for Daniel, that you are here for us today. I ask you on behalf of our church, we agree together, we want your will, your way, not ours. We want you to have your will in our city. We want you to have your way in our home. But Father, start in our heart. For those of you that have said, I'm following Christ, I'm all in, and you've made the decision to be baptized, let me just say, I am so grateful. Father, wrap your arms around them. Continue to confirm and make your voice louder in their lives. And for those of you who say, I don't know what that's all about, Father, I pray you make yourself real and let them hear you maybe for the first time this week. It's all this in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.